Welcome to our podcast. I'm Candace Nasser, and I'm the founder of MomQ. We're so blessed to have you with us here today, and I pray that God will speak to you with exactly the words that you need to hear in this message and that you will be encouraged. So I have Christy Howard with me today and her husband, Josh, she and her husband have just planted a church outside of Raleigh, North Carolina in a suburb area called Knightville. Um, I knew Christy when she and her husband and family lived in our community here in Austin and were the pastor of our church. So I'm really excited to have Christy with us today. Welcome, Christy. So good to be with you. And um, can you just Go ahead and tell us uh, a little bit about your family. Sure. Um, my husband, Josh, and I have been married a little over 16 years, and we have three kids. Our oldest daughter, her name is Callie, and she's 13. We have a second daughter named Adeline. We usually call her Addie, and she is 11. And then we have a little boy named Titus. He is eight. Okay. So... I can't believe that Callie is 13 because I've known her since she was little, little. So that's exciting. Um, I know that's a, an interesting time to be entering into the teenage years uh, as a mom. Yes, it has been very different, but um, really beautiful in a lot of ways, just being able to go deeper in conversations with her and, um, just being um, a good friend to her, you know, when she tells me what's going on at school and in um, her relationships and things. So it's, it's been really special. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's the, the relationship sort of shifts around then into a little bit more of a, you're giving them more rope and yeah. you're, you're building that relationship more than working on like discipline stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really fun. Uh, So Christy, we've been talking about courage and we know that we will all go through hard times in life. Um, Christians, we may know the Bible verses about courage and we know that God promises to get us through the hard times, but when they actually do come, getting our hearts to just beat that courage to, to really live it out daily is a different story, you know, and Yeah. And so when you lived here in Austin and you and your husband were serving our community, God asked you to walk through a very difficult time with one of your kids and having courage through that tough situation. um, We know that it was hard, extremely hard for you guys, but at the same time, you were such an example of believing and choosing faith over fear. So um, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about the situation and some of the fears that you had. Sure. Um, Well, my daughter, excuse me, Addie was seven years old at the time. And um, she was, you know, kind of acting like she had a cold, um, she was congested. Um, but I also noticed that her face was starting to swell a little bit and, um, probably the biggest, um, concerning symptom was her fatigue. 
So I took her to the pediatrician and he diagnosed her first with a sinus infection and gave us antibiotics. We went on our way. Every other situation I'd had with my kids like this, antibiotics usually work in a couple of days. So I was very optimistic. She'd be back to herself in a few days. Um, but that was not the case. And over the next week, um, the fatigue was much worse. She, I'd find her falling asleep on the couch after school, um, at soccer practice, she could barely run across the field. Um, and I took her back to the doctor and he looked at her again. He said he thought it was bronchiolitis at that point, gave us a different medication to try. Um, I think we tried that for two days and then you know, we as moms know when there's something very wrong with our Absolutely. children. And I just, I knew it was something more. Um, I was walking her to school on May 19th and she could barely make it up the hill to school. And I just felt sick to my stomach. So I did send her to school that morning. I made another doctor's appointment, but by 10 a.m., I got in my car, took her out of school, and took her right to the emergency room. Um, she was checked out there, and um, I basically had to insist that she get blood work done because they had, you know, kind of thought, oh, it might be this, it might be that. I don't know that we need to, you know, take blood. And so I insisted that they did that. Um they didn't come back to my room for over an hour. And I remember just sitting there and praying, Lord, please let it be like pneumonia or, mm -hmm. you know, right. something like that, something you can treat. Um, they came back in, they said they needed to do an x-ray of her lungs. Um, so they took her away for that and they came back again and I'm like, oh, it, it must be pneumonia, you know? Mm. And then, um, so I'm there alone with her. Um, I remember the doctor then coming in probably 45 minutes later and saying, um, excuse me, mom, um, can you come with me? I need to talk to you. And I, my heart just sunk. I knew it was something really serious. And, you know, when in that little room that no one wants to go in, where they mm. tell you that, you're, that your child has cancer. Ugh. Gosh, it's so, um, nightmare. Every mom's yeah. nightmare. It was. It's. Um, I think every parent has that fear, you know, of that happening. Um, so she was diagnosed with leukemia, ALL specifically. Um, and it was just a a whirlwind from that moment. Cause of course they want to start treatment immediately. Um, so we stayed in the hospital that night and had a surgery scheduled for the next morning to put her port in and start the treatment immediately the next day. So her diagnosis was May 19th of 20, or I'm sorry, May 14th of 2019. And the protocol was two and a half years of treatment, which at the time I'm thinking she's going to be, um, almost 10 when, when she's done with this. And when your baby is seven, that's just, 
yeah. really hard to think how much of her childhood would be spent in hospital beds and, you know, going through this, but, mm. but yes, that is, um, that is her story. That was the diagnosis. Um, and of course, um, as we talk about fear today and having courage, um, when one of your greatest fears comes true, how do you handle it? You know, and Absolutely. yes, I, I can't imagine that moment when you're thinking two and a half years, that seems like a lifetime, a That's lifetime, good. I mm -hmm. bet. And, and I know that you had all kinds of fears, um, just, you know, from day one. So, you know, just, if you can just think back and with, you know, I know it's really, really hard and I appreciate you so much just being so authentic and honest, but if you could just tell us maybe some of those fears that you had. Sure. Um, I'm just going to share three specific fears. There were so many, as you can imagine, but my um, initial fear was that Addie would not respond to her treatment. Um, as I said, she had ALL, but it wasn't your typical standard risk leukemia for a child. Um, if your standard risk, your cure rate is in the 90 percentile, which is really amazing and encouraging. However, um, they found cancer in her spine and they also found um, a bone marrow marker that was very serious as well. So I remember talking to her oncologist and she said, I've never seen a patient like this before with right um, marker, right. And with the the cancer in her spine. And so she actually reached out to Harvard and a couple other hospitals um, to ask advice for how to handle her treatment. And they ended up calling hers very high risk and she was going to require many more spinal infusions of chemotherapy to get rid of the cancer in her spine, as well as more intense, the most intense treatment that they could possibly oh give her. Yes. So, mm -hmm. um, and I remember at the time, um, as you can imagine, my husband and I are both struggling and I remember him telling me, you know, as we're talking through the statistics and hers weren't looking as good, you know, um, the Lord gave him this verse. It was Psalm 27. It says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And he took that as some trust in doctors, some trust in statistics. Um, we're going to trust in the name of the Lord, our God, whatever you know, the That's Lord has for her. So yes, that was, that was something we clung to at that time. Um, another fear of mine, um, was that I wasn't going to have the ability to care for her as best as I could. Um, I'll be honest. I, pass out at the sight of blood. I can't look at needles. I'm just like, I remember being like, Lord, I don't know how I can be strong for her and with her when I am so weak, you know, goodness. And, yeah. um, there were so many 
so many things. She had something called steroid induced diabetes in the first 30 days. They just pumped steroids in her. Um, and because of that, she had the diabetes. So we had to have a food log and keep track of all of her sugars and things. And then I would need to calculate it and give her a shot of insulin, you know, depending on however, um, however much she needed after every meal before bed in the morning. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, God, you're so good. I would have never imagined myself giving one shot, much less all the hundreds of shots I ended up giving her during her treatment. Um, she also had adrenal failure, which meant that if she ever passed out, I had a life saving shot that I had to inject into her thigh and I had to go to a class to learn how to use it and had to keep oh it at all times. Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness. I never had to do that one, but it was always in the back of my mind, you know, sure. I had it and I knew what to do to, to help her in those times. Um, it was also really difficult to know how much activity should she be involved in? How much should she be resting? How much should we expose her to other people. Um, you know, I just felt this mm-hmm. immense pressure. If, if it were up to me, I would put a, I would have put her in bubble wrap and, yes. you know, kept her from the hospital to our house and nothing else. But um she's have a, two other kids. So right, exactly. And she's a bit of a feisty one. She's she's she will tell me what she wants to do and you know, that she wanted to see friends. She still wanted to go to the playground. She did not want to miss church. And she didn't care if she was the only person in a mask. She wanted to be there. Her quality of life, you know, became more important, so to speak, than always protecting her from every little germ or anything bad that could happen to her. Um, And that was such a, um, a learning curve for me. And actually just something I learned from her, you know, that our quality Mm. of life is really what matters. Um, And and relationships and those sort of things. She just, she just went without, she didn't seem to have as much fear. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. No, she didn't at all. And I have a really special memory of, she had a sweet um, children's ministry teacher named Carol, and she would wear a mask with her And then on Sunday, she would provide masks for the class to wear with Addie, you know, so she wouldn't feel alone. Now, this was all before COVID where everyone was wearing masks. So yes, it was really, um, really special. Um, Yes, I would say, and you, you mentioned having the other two kids, a third fear of mine during that time was them. And, um, of course we had wonderful family and friends that were coming and caring for them and making sure that they got to school and to their activities and all of that. But I was just very physically and emotionally absent from their lives during that time. And I, yes, I experienced a lot of guilt during that time. Um, it was really hard to always leave them. Um, and when fevers occurred, you know, you just have to get up and go whenever that happened. Um, 
when they have to say goodbye and see them cry, you know, as you kept leaving them. Um, Your heart was just so torn. It was. Yeah, it was really hard, especially for my five-year-old because it was his first year of school. And, you know, that's already a, a transition in life and in any case, but um, yes. yeah, that mom guilt too. We all, you know, there's always, no matter what you're going through in life, you always have that mom guilt and pressure that you're not doing enough or whatever. And yours was just, you know, exacerbated a hundredfold. So I can imagine how hard that was. Yeah, but I'm so thankful for the wise people in my life who would remind me that God's going to use this in their lives, you know, and he's going to grow them just like he's growing you. And, um, and I've, you know, we're a couple of years out and I can see the empathy that Titus and Callie have for other children and other families going through hard times you know, I think those were muscles that were strengthened and grown during that difficult time that they went through. So that's, that's beautiful. That's some of the ways that God brings beauty from ashes. So Mm -hmm. that's so good. Well, so, um, thank you so much for sharing those. That's, I can't imagine how hard it was to go through that. And, and yet you guys came through strong. So can you share some of what you did to deal with those fears? Sure. Um, I would say the, the time that I had with God in the morning was more important than it had ever been before. Um, it truly was my lifeline. I would get up, get my coffee, um, get my Bible. Um, there was... I can't remember who it is now, but somebody had sent me a devotional and now I buy it for everybody I know going through cancer, but it was called the 50 days of hope by Lynn Ebb. And, um, she was a caregiver, um, for someone who had had cancer and I could relate to every single story she told every feeling she had. Um, and it was just full of really rich scriptures, um, for different, um, feelings that you may have, or just reminders that God is there, that he's your refuge and strength. And, um, Mm. yeah, so that was, that was huge. Just having my time with God. I'm a huge journaler. I have probably at least two journals from that time of just, um, you know, telling God how I, how I was feeling, asking him to help me through it. And, um, yeah, that was really special. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing that really helped me, and I kind of fought against this a little bit at first, but was seeing a Christian counselor. Oh yeah. Church was, yes. Our church was so generous. I'd say within the first month of her diagnosis, we got a call saying we will cover all the costs for counseling if you want to do that. So I um, I went to see a lady and thankfully she was a great fit for me. Um, she was a she was very, very smart and she actually had a PhD um, and not in well, of course she had her counseling degree, but her PhD was in something, um, 
having to do with diseases and like she studied things around the world and different things. And one of my greatest things that I was working through is um, how, how did this happen? It must be my fault. It's something that I did. And to be able to go into her office and just share all of the horrible, awful things that were going on in my head, all of my fears and just things that especially I don't want to be telling my husband when he's going through a super hard time as it is too. Um, but just to be able to share those things and her pointing out those are lies from Satan, Christy, and like, let's uh-huh. talk about that. And let's look to scripture for how you can combat those lies. And it was just, it was so helpful. I'm a huge advocate of counseling um, after going through that. And um, so, yes, that was, that was really wonderful. Um, Yes. And finally, there are just some different scriptures I wanted to share that helped me during that time. The first one is second Corinthians 12, nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And this could not have been more true of my life. I felt like I lived through God's grace and strength every single day. I couldn't have done it without him. Um, I would fall asleep on the couch or in a hospital bed or wherever completely depleted after every day. Um, but I had made it through and God had given me what I needed that day. And I could trust that he would do it for me again the next day and the next day. Um, and that's that's exactly what we, you know, you're, you're choosing, you're believing as you're, you've got that faithfulness that you can look to, to help you through the next day. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, a very common verse that I think is helpful to all of us too, Philippians four, six, and seven, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I found that to be true. I experienced God's peace when I surrendered my fears and worries to him And I know that's something supernatural because when you look at, you know, a parent watching their child suffer with cancer, you don't think peace, (laughs) Um, but the Lord definitely gave that to us during that time. And, um, Mm. praise the Lord. Yes. Um, and finally, John 1633 Um, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And you mentioned that at the beginning, we are all going to have trouble in this life. I think I was very naive for a long time to think that I wouldn't maybe, (laughs) Um, but we, we all do. And we still are, you know, until Christ comes back, but he ultimately, he has overcome the world and we can take heart and we can um, trust in that. That is so beautiful. Those those are some great verses, Christy. And um, I really appreciate you sharing them and how they impacted you. 
Um, so we just have about five minutes left. So um, is there anything looking back? Um, you already shared how you've seen Titus and Callie um, grow and mature and the sensitivity that they have now uh, walking through that suffering with their sister. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners today about your experience? Yes, I'll share one other um, area. Like you said, there are so, so many, and I still see God using her story to impact us. And, and as we share her story, impact other people. Um, but I would say during the time of her treatment, the way that our church and our community and our family came around us and loved us um, you know, there were people, like I mentioned, watching our kids, bringing home cooked meals to our home every night, um, grocery shopping for us, cleaning our house, um, giving financial gifts to help with our medical bills. I, I can't think of anything <laughs> that was not cared for. We were so um provided for above and beyond what we even needed. And I felt like that was such, you know, we were going through the hardest time of our lives, but God was um, blessing us and giving us encouragement and hope and love through his people. Um, and I will say that Addie's story and our whole journey going through that is what actually propelled us into planting a church. And I remember, you know, I think it was a few months after the end of Addie's treatment, Josh just being like, we only have one life, Christy, and we know better than anyone how like quickly things can change. You know, your life can completely yeah. change in a moment like ours did. Um, so, so what is something that we could do to really make an impact for the kingdom and, um, we've always talked about church planting, but I'll be honest, we were scared to death of it. And we're like, oh no, God can't be calling us to that. No, that's for, you know, somebody else. Um, but because of this whole situation that God took us through, brought us through, we really, it propelled us into this new adventure that we're on now. Um, because we've seen him work. He is powerful. He is good. Mm. Uh, he won't let us down, you know, he will be there at every moment and, um, he'll be faithful through it all. So that kind of brings us to where we are today. <laughs> That's so amazing. You know, what I love about that is stepping out in faith can be mm -hmm. so, so scary, but you can, you could trust God in that because what you had seen him bring you through, yes. you, you knew, and you had the journals and the you know, the tangible love from your community. And, and you know, what is also so great is you guys reached out, like you asked for prayer mm. and you accepted the help. Sometimes it's hard for people to do that, but you guys really did, um, did, you know, allow people to come around you and that's huge too. So, um, you were just a great example and I'm just so glad to talk to you and see how God has led you to where you are. And, um, and I just wish you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate being able to share. And I just want to thank you, Candice. You have been a mentor to me. You've impacted me. And I'm so grateful for how you're boldly 
speaking truth and teaching moms. Um, God is really using you. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, you're so sweet. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christy. And um, we will um, connect again soon, I hope. Okay, great. Bye, Candace.